It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 19th, 2018. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Today's episode, we're going to take a little bit of a break from player outlooks. We'll get back to those tomorrow. Talk about a couple of quick news items that, that, that should get fans excited, or at least one of them will. The other one... I'm excited. I was a little bit excited to hear this, uh, but although I agree with the ultimate outcome. And then we're going to take a quick trip around the Southeast Division. Divisions don't matter so much anymore, but the Southeast Division is actually a really intriguing one, mostly because it's not very good. Uh, and so we'll talk a little bit about what the outlook for the division is like, the, the five teams at the ma- or the four teams, uh, include, and, and then the Magic making five that we will see the most often during the course of the season. But before we do any of that, I want to remind everyone that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Football season is in full swing, and I know I'm playing fantasy football for probably the first time in like five or six years. It's been a while. I, I don't remember any of these names. I think I drafted a few players because I remembered them from the last time I played, and they're not as good as I imagined. But my team's doing pretty good, and I still want that little extra edge. And so I listen to Locked On Fantasy Football, except there's two Locked On Fantasy Footballs now. There's Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 and Locked On Fantasy Football Experts. Listen to both to get a complete picture up for your fantasy teams. You get the daily news on Locked On, 20, Locked on Fantasy Football 24-7, and you get the expert opinion on Locked On Fantasy Football Experts. I know when I turn to basketball, I go to Josh Lloyd over at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Uh, the guys at Locked On Fantasy Football do just as good of a job. Definitely check that out. You can also check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, including all the Locked On NFL podcasts, including Locked On Buccaneers and Locked On Jaguars. You can check out uh, the po- the NBA podcast, which we'll be getting in full swing here as we're now less than a week away from training camps opening. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. I know Locked On NBA will be a must-listen daily this season as we get set for the year to begin. And of course, the Locked On College Network is continuing to grow. I'm told Locked On Seminoles will start this week. Locked On Gators, I believe, is in the works if it hasn't started already. And there's uh, and a lot of the major colleges already have their Locked On podcasts up and running, or they will be very, very soon. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for to f- see if your team is up and ready to go. Couple of quick news items that I do want to get to today. Uh, so we're not going to talk a whole lot about a whole long, long longer today, at least. Um, that I wanted to address these items. The first one being the Orlando Magic made a really fun big announcement. The throwback unis we already knew are back. The Orlando Magic, of course, wearing their classic edition uniforms for their 30th anniversary season. Very, very big deal, of course. Uh, something that a lot of fans have been waiting on, looking forward to, and counting on. In fact, 
I, I, I'm probably guilty of starting the hashtag whenever I see those beautiful blue pinstripes. Hashtag make them permanent. These jerseys are awesome. They're the best jerseys in the world. Everyone loves them. I hate that they're, they're only throwbacks. They should be the permanent jerseys. And, and that, that font, that typeface should be the permanent typeface as well. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The Magic announced the 14 games that they will be wearing their throwback uniforms. And that includes opening night. The Orlando Magic will wear their classic edition uniforms, the original blue pinstripes that the Magic wore from 1995 to 1998. They will wear those those pinstripe uniforms, and then they've worn them a few times for throwback nights, but they'll wear those uniforms for opening night October 17th against the Miami Heat, and then October 19th against the Charlotte Hornets. So they will open the season wearing the throwback uniforms. It's a very, 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 very exciting thing for the Magic. Um, and certainly for Magic fans who, number one question I get is, when are these jerseys going to be on sale? I look at the Magic Team Shop online today. The Mitchell and Ness version is on sale. The Nike version is not yet. I'm sure it will be on sale soon, hopefully by the time the season starts. Um, but there'll be plenty of opportunity to celebrate the 30th anniversary season and get yours uh, in, in in the near future. Among the other fourteen game, among the other twelve games, the Magic will wear the throwback uniforms. They'll wear them against the Los Angeles Lakers when LeBron James makes his only trip to the Amway Center this year. They'll wear them against the Houston Rockets. We don't like them, especially when we wear those uniforms. They'll wear them also against the Miami Heat again. They'll wear them against the sister team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy thirtieth to you, Minnesota. Uh, as well as several other games throughout the course of the season. They will also wear them for the final two home games of the season against the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks back over in April. So plenty of time to see these wonderful treasures, the blue pinstripe uniforms, the classic blue pinstripe uniforms, back on the Magic, back in the rotation for 14 games this coming season. You can see the complete schedule on orlandomagicdaily.com or check out uh, Orlando Magic's Instagram. They had a fantastic graphic. I love the little 90s background they're using these days. They have a fantastic graphic with the old school logos as well to, to highlight when the Magic will be wearing their throwback uniforms. I know I can't wait. I know you can't wait. I actually can't wait for Media Day to see them on physical players um, because those uniforms are amazing and they should be worn all the time. 82 games. I don't care if the other team's wearing blue. Wear those dang uniforms. Actually, wear the white ones. I like the white ones too. Um, mostly because I love that font, that font, and I wish that font would come back, but Magic aren't going to do that anytime soon. We'll see what else the Magic have in store, though, for the 30th anniversary season. I know I'm excited for that. I love celebrating the 25th anniversary season. I'm curious who they're going to induct into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, I would bet so they've done Shaq, they've done Penny, they've done T-Mac. Can't do Howard yet. Wouldn't surprise me if Dennis Scott gets in this year. We'll, we'll speculate about that as we get uh, closer to the Hall of Fame induction time around April or so. Um, but going to be great to celebrate the Magic's history throughout the season for the 30th anniversary season. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Let's turn our attention, though, now to something that's a little bit more in the present, and that was, um, you know, an opportunity maybe missed. Opportunity feels like a very strong word. I think it was uh, kind of a, it feels like it was kind of a mutual agreement or mutual statement of intention, or I'm, I'm probably painting things too lightly. In any case, the Orlando Magic, as some of you know, have acquired the rights to Giannis Tima um, a few years back when they traded Luke Ridnour. Tima, typically, you know, typically a, a pick like that and a trade like that, you're not trading something really of value. Ridnour was really a salary dump for the Magic. Um, and, and and really just trying to save some money, like like that Dakari Johnson deal that I talked about a few days ago, or the or the Lonnie Purvis deal. The Memphis Grizzlies wanted Luke Rennauer so they could dump him and save a little bit of cash. They did that, but they traded a guy that they drafted with the 60th overall pick. And typically, unless you're Isaiah Thomas, the 60th overall pick isn't going to amount to very much. Except Giannis Tima kind of has turned into a really interesting prospect. The 26-year-old Latvian player is kind of a stocky 6'8 small forward with a really good shooting stroke. He's a really, really good shooter. And we've watched him a few times over in Eurobasket in international competitions. We've seen him play uh, in in, Euro, in Europe uh, throughout, throughout the world there. And he looks pretty good. And a report came out over the, over the weekend saying that the Magic tried to get Giannis Tima to come over and play in Summer League and seemingly had the intention of bringing him over and having him try to fight for a spot on the roster. To say the least, basketball nerds like me were really excited about this because Tima has been knocking on the door and it was really just a matter of when is he going to feel comfortable, when is he going to feel ready to make the plunge and enter the NBA because we all want to see if he can cut it, if he can make it in the NBA. Outside of Kristaps Porzingis, he's probably the best player uh, in La- in Latvia. And so that's certainly, certainly exciting to see and certainly something that, that we wanted to see happen. And, and I think we still do. Um, Timo last year had a really, really good year playing for Basconia, averaging 7.7 points per game, 59.2% effective field goal percentage. Not a, a great percentage, but he continues to climb up the, the rankings. At Eurobasket 2017, where Latvia finished fifth, Tima averaged 14.3 points and 5.4 rebounds per game. He's, again, I think a pretty solid player, and I'm interested to see him at the NBA level, even if he doesn't have maybe the athleticism to be great defensively. He's, he's really, you know, kind of well-built, strong guy, um, you know, not afraid, not afraid to mix things up and, and a good shooter. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by him at, at six foot seven, a really interesting player. But ultimately, Tima said he turned down the Magic's offer. Now, why did he turn down the chance to come to the NBA? Well, number one, he was moving from Basconia, who's in the Spanish ACB League, not a, 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 the second best league in the world, to be perfectly honest, uh, and but not one of the marquee clubs there. He was preparing to sign a new contract with Olympiakos, probably the the best club in Greece, a, a very strong league in Greece, uh, and and again a, a team that, that's going to compete for Euro League championships. And ultimately, he said. The Magic couldn't guarantee him much more than the 12th or 13th man rule. They couldn't guarantee that he'd be in the rotation and get off the bench. And for a player like him, he said, I wanted to play. I don't want to just go over to the NBA and not be 
and not play or not have the opportunity to play. If I'm going to go over, I want to play. Maybe he's not quite good enough to pull those strings, but I understand the sentiment, and, and I think that Tima made a good decision for him, a decision that he's comfortable with. Uh, and, you know, I think Tima can be very good, but I agree he's probably not much more than than a bench guy, than a guy coming off the bench and kind of mixing things up. A, a, a Joe Ingles type, but he's not as good as Joe Ingles. Um, I think that it's okay for Tima to go out and say, I want to play, I want to prove myself there. And, and the good news for the Magic is, they still retain his rights. If Giannis Tima ever wants to come to the NBA, the Magic hold his rights, and he's an asset. I mean, it's out there that, you know, he thought about coming to the NBA, that he's open to an NBA, to coming to the NBA, and the next time he his contract is up, we'll go through this whole cycle again. But not a huge loss. Like, again, I think it's a little bit of an opportunity missed, but not one that I, I would lose sleep over. Uh, you know, I hope, yeah, I, I'm going to keep following Giannis and see what he does. Uh, in Greece uh, for Olympiakos, uh, but uh, you know I, I don't think the Magic are going to be kicking themselves too much. They tried, they couldn't, they didn't want to make promises, they couldn't keep to him, uh, and so he decided to go someplace else. And, and we'll see if eventually he does make his way over to the states. If he does eventually play in summer league, um, he's I think he's at the stage where he's not bound by the he's a second round pick, so he's not bound by the rookie scale anyway. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see exactly how the magic make these pieces fit together and whether they eventually do or not. So Giannis Tima, good luck to you at Olympiacos. Um, we'll keep an eye on you. Hopefully see you in a magic uniform someday in the future. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, today I want to take a quick look around the Southeast Division, a division that by a lot of accounts is probably... And I don't think that this is completely wrong, to be perfectly honest. It's probably the weakest division in the NBA. There is really no clear-cut division champion. And the two teams that I think most people consider the best two teams in the division, no one's really sure if they're actually playoff teams or are comfortable with their spot in the playoffs. The going favorite to to win the division is the Washington Wizards. When the Wizards are healthy with John Wall and Bradley Beal, they are a really good team. That's why they gave the Raptors some fits in the in the playoffs. They were good enough to to, to they're all they're talented enough and good enough to push really good teams. And it's always been feel it's always felt like Washington's on the cusp of breaking through, getting to the second round. And maybe even to the conference finals. It seems like that window is is closing on them. The big move Washington made this offseason was to acquire Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's got a long history, um, you know, since leaving Orlando, kind of leaving a, a trail of of wreckage in every franchise he's been at. The Wizards aren't 
known for having a great locker room. They, they, one of the reasons I think they traded Marcin Gortat was, was um, some problems that he was having with John Wall. It's hard to imagine Dwight Howard fixing a lot of those things. But at the very least, the, the Dwight Howard-John Wall pick and roll is going to be devastating. It'll be interesting to see if Washington can finally put these pieces together because they are they they should be talent wise a surefire playoff team. They should be a team that a lot of that all the other teams in the Eastern Conference do not want to face because they have the star power in John Wall and Bradley Beal and, and when he's engaged and 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 wants to play at the high level that he can or when he can, it Dwight Howard's a pretty darn good player still too. So, as a sort of starting point, as a sort of starting point, the Wizards are a little bit behind the are 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 the favorites, but not a confident one. Then again, neither are the Miami Heat. If you thought the Magic's offseason was boring, the Miami Heat literally did nothing. They didn't lose any players, by my count. They didn't gain any players. Now, the Heat still finished with the sixth best record in the Eastern Conference. They were still the sixth seed. They'll probably get Deion Waiters back this this season after an injury. But Miami doesn't really inspire confidence either. Although, it it, it appears from reports that, that everything is okay now with Hassan Whiteside. Things weren't always okay with Hassan Whiteside. And, and, and that relationship seems like it's on edge. On top of that, of course, you've got a roster that, that you know, Goran Dragic has been an all-star. Hassan Whiteside's been an all-star. It's not that they don't have all-stars. It always feels like that roster's on the edge of collapse. I'm not willing to bet it because Miami... Eric Spolster just makes playoff teams out of magic, out of nothing. That guy is a really good coach. Should get all the credit he deserves for being a really good coach. But at some point, the luck runs out for Miami, right? Or it's not luck, it's, it's skill. But at some point, you know, luck runs against them. I mean, it ran against the Magic last year with the injuries. Teams have those years. Miami's been able to survive a lot of things. And in this Eastern Conference, Miami's still a really tough out because their culture and their defense is still so good. But it, it always it just feels like they're teetering on the edge. And I, I still don't know how much to believe in them. If you know me, though, you know that... that I believe in the Charlotte Hornets for the most part. But it still feels like the Charlotte Hornets, like all these other teams, have a big question mark over them. Is Charlotte finally going to overcome its demons and make the playoffs and be the team everyone thinks they can be? Kemba Walker is a fantastic player. But who else is going to step up for Charlotte? Is Nicholas Batum going to step up? Is Malik Monk going to fit into his new role? Adding Tony Parker is nice, but does that move the needle for Charlotte? I mean, the veteran leadership should help, especially to reinforce what new coach James Borrego is teaching. 
But there's a real question. Did the Hornets get that much better? Have they done enough to make the playoffs and, and, and convince Kemba Walker not only to stay, but convince someone else to come and help him? Because I think that's a big part of this equation. And the Hornets, if they trade Kemba Walker, what's left there? So the Hornets seem like they're in a state of flux, not only with a new coach, but with a, a star player who can and, and honestly should, as much as I think Kemba Walker wants to stay in Charlotte, explore all his options. And that leaves the last two teams in the Southeast Division, the two teams that at least one of them is clearly rebuilding, and I think you can argue the Magic are as well. The Atlanta Hawks are starting almost from scratch. They got some nice players in John Collins who dominated the the Summer League and looked really, really good, and Torian Prince. And then they add Trey Young, and they're putting a lot of hope in Trey Young to be something that he doesn't want to be the next Steph Curry. If you you remember back from the draft, I talked a lot about Trey Young. I really liked the kid. Even through Summer League, I saw a lot of things I really liked. His shot selection is going to be something he has to learn in the at the NBA level, but his passing is really, really good, and once he gets comfortable, he'll be really fine. And Atlanta added some nice veterans, I think, to support those young players, and Jeremy Lin and Vince Carter especially. But let's be real, Atlanta's not going to be very good this year. They'll be spunky. You know, They'll, they'll have some offensive options. They're going to try and implement a lot of what Golden State does. But they got a long, long way to go. A much longer way, I think, than the Magic do. And like, sort of, I feel like Orlando, they want to be where Charlotte's at right now. Maybe just like right outside the playoffs with with enough promise to make you think they can get in. If Orlando can get to that stage this year, that would be a fantastic season for them. But Orlando has a lot of those questions too. Weren't able to make a lot of changes to the roster. Biggest addition was Mo Bamba. New coach in Steve Clifford. A lot of the same cast of characters trying to scratch out a little bit more. A big, big question mark. And so you you go back and you go through these five teams and you see five teams that all of them, every single one of them, feels like they're at a crossroads. Atlanta knows who they are. They're, They're trying to build up and they know they got a long way to go. Orlando... Orlando, I honestly feel like Orlando is okay with whatever happens. Just like last year. They're trying to win, and if they win, great. If they fail to win, well, you're you're closer to flipping over some of these bad contracts that you want to flip over, and you get another high draft pick, which will get you closer to winning next year. Charlotte, I think, is trying desperately to get in and... and, and Think they have the formula to do it. Miami feels like they're, te- and, 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 and I think Charlotte's in this boat with Miami, feel like they're teetering on the edge. They don't really know, they, they think their culture is strong enough to get them in, but one wrong move and the whole thing collapses. And then you have the Wizards, the, the most talented team of the bunch that just can't seem to get it all together at a winning level. It's a lot of big questions for every single team in this division. Big identity crisis for every single team in this division. And it's, it feels like a race to the bottom. It really isn't. 
I think Washington's a clear favorite to win the division, if that matters. And might if Washington ends up ninth and they win the division to get in. But I think that I think that that this division is going to be a little chaotic. And it's a good thing for Orlando. Let me make this clear. It's a good thing for Orlando that the division is so messed up. Because these are the teams you play the most. Orlando's guaranteed, what, 16 games against these four teams. Those are 16 real opportunities to get a win. And the Magic only won, they're not going to win all of them, obviously, but the Magic only won 25 games last year. You don't pass up opportunities to win. So maybe this is an advantage for a growing team like Orlando. Or maybe divisions don't matter anymore, which that last statement's probably true too. Well, thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our Player Outlook series continuing, we did Evan Fournier yesterday. I'll talk about him on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Jonathan Isaac is due up as well. Zach Palmer did a great job breaking down Jonathan Isaac's uh, upcoming season, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open, by the way. I'm hoping to get a mailbag in before preseason starts. Be sure to send me your questions. You can do so online at omagicdaily on Twitter or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. I look forward to answering your questions. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.